Go to Shop Mr. C online store at www.thecreport.com. Click on Store on the top right menu. Use coupon code 1776REBORN at checkout. Texans, good afternoon, fellow brothers and sisters across the nation. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Lone Star News coming to you live on this Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Gossetist, and uh, we'll be here for the next hour or so talking a little bit about Texas um, news and current events. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on into the show and thank you for joining us. We are broadcasting live today on Trovo, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, uh, Pilled.net, Foxhole.app, and ScrewTube, ladies and gentlemen, also known as YouTube, also known as SuzanoTube, also known as The Big Censor. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you all are doing well this afternoon. My, oh my, oh my, what a night it was, ladies and gentlemen, what a night it was. If you joined us for last night's edition of the Sea Report here at Mr. CTV, oh boy, do you know it was one of those nights? I think uh, a lot of us were kind of on the edge of our seat. Uh, what with uh, some crucial primaries happening across the nation last night uh, to include both the state of Michigan and the state of Arizona. That's right. Two states that were amongst the most highly contentious and contended in, uh, where the um, 2020 election theft and fraud is concerned. And oh boy. It it uh it might have whooped our butts in 2020, ladies and gentlemen, but we are on the rebound, I would say, rather sharply in 2022. Uh, now, has the matter been fixed? No, it's not been fixed. Uh, has the evidence been found? Oh, yes, much evidence has been found, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but, uh, you know, as they say at the uh, conclusion of a very, very long and arduous and extreme workout, it's not over yet, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, in the spirit of last night's election episode of the Sea Report, uh, we're continuing in the same vein today, this afternoon, uh, but for the state of Texas, ladies and gentlemen. So we will be talking a little bit about uh, some of uh, the Texas concerns where we're talking about election integrity, election fraud, and election theft. 
or, you know, as the state of Georgia would call it, severe mismanagement, or as the state of Michigan would call it, human error. Uh, but undoubtedly, ladies and gentlemen, as we have continued to um, uh, investigate and ask the questions about what exactly happened in 2020 with all of the states that went uh, illegitimately to Joe Biden, uh, we kind of have to ask ourselves the same question about that here in the state of Texas. And uh, of course, uh, one might ask, if uh, President Trump won the state of Texas, then why would it be necessary to ask any questions about election integrity? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, and oh, my dear and uh, lovely low information voters and citizens, particularly if you're Texan, uh, you should realize that uh, regardless of who won the election in 2020, Indeed, regardless of who won any election in any year since the uh, electronic voting machines have been utilized in our nation, uh, everyone should be asking that question, regardless of who won the race. And indeed, we can see, ladies and gentlemen, indeed, we can see that that is definitely the case, particularly, ladies and gentlemen, in regard to what? To the rhinocery that we quite often experience without recognizing and that we are now absolutely uh, holding accountable. And I would say that goes across the board, ladies and gentlemen, it goes across the board. You know, we had some pretty good um, news coming out of Arizona particularly in regard to the governor's race, uh, where uh, we see that Carrie Lake, the presumptive nominee and the Trump-endorsed America First candidate, has taken the lead. Of course, at this time of the day, as I last checked, uh, not all of the votes had been counted. So uh, we'll see where that goes, but I'm willing to bet that it will give Carrie Lake a much larger league, lead pardon me, over her competitor. But uh, one might wonder what exactly that has to do with the state of Texas. Well, you know, uh, because of the uh, events that took place in Arizona, specifically in Maricopa County over last summer, and of course I'm referencing the Maricopa County full forensic audit, uh, they, they uh, and they being either the Democrat or the Rhino establishment Republicans, the uh, deep state globalist interest minded tried to get away with as many shenanigans as they could last night. And, you know, last night, as I laid my troubled little head down to bed, uh, concerned that uh, Carrie Lake would not pull off the win and wondering indeed if uh, the um, Democrats and the rhinos would get away with stealing that election, one thought came across my mind. Most of the polls showed that uh, Karen Robeson, Carrie Lake's uh, rhino competitor, was in the lead by thousands of votes. And so my mind went directly to the 2020 election, okay, wherein we saw massive amounts of absentee ballot drops happen in the middle of the night in several states, ladies and gentlemen. Now, through the course of investigation and through a little bit of uh, deductive reasoning, uh, it was discerned that uh, the 
rigging here, ladies and gentlemen, come from the electronic voting machines having pre-decided the numbers and the percentages by which the establishment picked, selected, and a chosen candidate will win. And the ballot drop comes in to reflect in the physical the digital number of votes that were being tallied. So I thought, well, maybe, maybe uh, we'll have a ballot drop tonight in Arizona for Karen Robeson, or maybe we'll have six days of ballot counting so that, you know, they can kind of wheel them in through the back door a little at the time and not necessarily have to show up with two or three vans in the middle of the night. Uh, so that was a thought that went through my mind. And of course, the correlation here, ladies and gentlemen, boils right down to the voting machines. So we'll address the history of Texas voting machine issues, at least for the last eh, three elections, ladies and gentlemen, today on the episode of Lone Star News. So we can take a look because after all, guys, Texas uh, elected, <laughs> no pun intended, not to use Dominion voting machines because they were rife with fraud and concerned the Texas legislature said, you know what? We're not going to go with Dominion. And you know what? The voters of Texans sighed with relief because they knew that their 2020 election and vote was secure. And indeed, when uh, President Donald Trump turned out to be the winner in Texas in 2020, whereas across the nation, we saw that illegitimate Joe would begin his reign and uh, he would uh, have an illegitimate, well, no, a regime is legitimate and a regime is not something you want to have, ladies and gentlemen, if you are uh, the assumed president of a nation. You would rather have an administration or a cabinet, but not a regime, not a junta. Right, ladies and gentlemen? And that's exactly what we have been experiencing here across the nation. Uh, but, you know, Texans were able to sigh a little bit at the end of the uh, week. <laughs> no, at the end of the night, really, for Texas, because, again, President Trump was declared the winner of Texas. And, you know, that little scheme, that tactic right there, goes part and parcel with exactly the way that uh, these rhinoceros, rhin, rhin, I want to say rhinocery, these rhino, rhinos, ladies and gentlemen, Republicans and names only, I spit that out, Mr. C. It's part and parcel with the tactics that the rhinos use against the constituents in the state of Texas, and I dare say across the nation, uh, at least where a rhino is concerned. And uh, what that is, ladies and gentlemen, is, of course, they will uh, they will uh, put something on the table that seems to fit, that seems to go along with, that seems agreeable with their constituents. But uh, that is what the left hand is doing. It's serving up that plate of confidence, ladies and gentlemen. It's serving up that plate of goodwill faith. But in the right hand, ladies and gentlemen, there's a whole bunch of shenanigans and chicanery going on that uh, constituents typically won't pay attention to because they've already sighed their sigh of relief. They already know that things are going the right way. They already assume that their so-called elected, so-called representatives are doing exactly the will of the people. And that is, uh, that is a tactic uh, that we are... Uh, I, think, I think it is a tactic that 
Not that Americans and uh, indeed awake Americans had not realized was occurring in the past, but it's a tactic that um, we are fully realizing occurs. And uh, with that full realization, ladies and gentlemen, there comes that moment. Uh, well, we all have a, a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Some of us will get angry at it. Some of us will be perplexed by it. Some of us won't know what to think of it. And some of us will be deeply scorned when we figure out that our so-called elected, so-called representatives are in fact doing exactly the opposite and they are just uh, pulling optical illusions to trick us into believing that they are performing their duties as specified by their constituents, right? Uh, and so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we see that that seems to have been the case with the Dominion voting machine exclusion in the state of Texas. Uh, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, and thank you again for joining us. I see we have a few peeps coming into the crowd. Good afternoon, Sean Joe. Good to see you, sir. Sean Joe says that uh, there are just a few glitches, Mr. C. Hopefully things are kind of like smoothing out over there. I adjusted something when that message popped up, Sean Joe. And thank you so much for uh, donating the cookie to the show. Uh, your support and your enthusiasm and your insights are always appreciated, sir. Uh, believe you me, believe you me. Got I got some of the best audience here at Mr. CTV, but uh, you don't have to take my word for it to jump on into the chat sometime at the foxhole.app or pill.net. And hey, we even have some lovelies hanging out over at Rumble and at Twitch. It seems like the Mr. CTV family is growing. Perhaps someday we can all come together. What do you say? Anyhow, how is it going, Cherokee George? Good afternoon. Uh, and uh, yes, Cherokee George says, afternoon, all less circles of death. The circles of death, ladies and gentlemen, quite often it is uh, remedied with a quick and swift hit of the refresh button. But you never know, those gremlins, they can be, uh, they can be uh, trying sometimes. But let's go ahead and get straight into our show for today with uh, the stories I'd like to share. Again, we'll have an election focus here for this afternoon in uh, for Lone Star News. And uh, we're going to start with a story um, about uh, Secretary of State John B. Scott. Secretary of State Scott, he is the uh, sixth... If I'm not mistaken, he is the sixth Secretary of State, ladies and gentlemen, for Governor Abbott. Now, I will just take a brief detour to remind my Texas uh, viewers, um, Texas friends and family, um, when it comes to the office of the Secretary of State, this is an office that is appointed in our state of Texas, which means that Texas voters do not get to elect whom it will be that will ch be in charge of this most important office. Now, if you ask my opinion, that is something that needs to change, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't know if maybe, I guess maybe the, uh, the GOP grassroots will have to be the ones to kick that off and perhaps get a referendum or an amendment or something on the ticket so we can vote on that in an election where we can um, move the Secretary of State's office from being appointed 
to being elected, okay? And I think that's very, very crucial, ladies and gentlemen, because after all, if you have, um, if you have any office that is appointed, well, what you have there is you have the uh, state house basically being able to select whom it is that they want and approve it. So if you have a state house full of rhinos, or God forbid, you have a state house that is run by the nefarious Democrats, then chances are you're going to get an appointee that will not do the work in the best interest of the state, the people, and the nation. So it, it uh, behooves us, ladies and gentlemen, in the state of Texas, to perhaps get to work on finding a way to get this office to be elected as opposed to appointed. Now, another item I'd like to share with you in regards to the Secretary of State's office is the Secretary of State is supposed to serve the same amount of time with the same terms, uh, limitations as the governor. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. So if your governor in Texas serves four years per term, well, ladies and gentlemen, the appointed Secretary of State should also serve four years per term, okay? Now, we see this to be a very big signal of a broken office of Secretary of State, and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania also faces exactly the same issues, except their governor handles it a little bit different than they do in Texas. What I mean by that is, ladies and gentlemen, for, President, for Governor Abbott to have served what, eight, uh, eight years in office, uh, that would mean, ladies and gentlemen, that he should have only one or two, one or two secretaries of state. He has had six, ladies and gentlemen. He has had six. On average, the secretary of state serves one and a half to two years of their entire term, and then they retire. They disappear. They uh, ride off into the sunset, ladies and gentlemen. Some of them uh, just uh, go on to other ventures. Some of them go on back to their personal life. Some of them feel that they have uh, completed their duties. That this is absolute bupkis if you are catching my drift, ladies and gentlemen. There have been 48 governors in Texas history. There have been 113 I said 113 secretaries of state. Uh, I, I encourage you, if you do not follow my lead, go ahead and look that information up for yourself because I was quite flabbergasted when I found that to be the case. And so I would urge all Americans to really examine their secretary of state's office. Indeed, since the year 2020 and the great theft of that election, uh, the Secretary of State's office has become a primary focus for many individuals, and it seems to be elevated to the importance that it deserves, because after all, the Secretaries of State are the frontline defenders for our liberty, our freedom, our constitution, and our nation, because our vote is the most sacred right we have in this state. It's more sacred than our ability to have free speech, it's more sacred than our ability to bear arms. And while there are many out there who might um, argue those points, and, you know, respectfully so, I, I would understand their points, because after all, 
if you don't agree with your uh, with your uh, elected officials, or I should say selected officials, just pull out a gun. No, 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 patriots, we're not doing that, right? We're not going to pull out a gun, okay? All right, that's like worst case scenario, right? That's uh, the government of Texas is coming after your guns, come and get them. Uh, but, you know, even when it comes to free speech, because how can we defend free speech if we do not have the right to vote? Our vote is representative of our liberty, or at least it should be. Uh, but what Americans are finding more and more these days is that our vote is merely ministerial. It's symbolic, but it really holds no water because, after all, elections are rigged, elections are stolen, um, representatives across all offices are selected, and uh, it's just been one big bamboozle, ladies and gentlemen. It's something that we are all finding. It's much to our chagrin, but it is true, ladies and gentlemen, that that is the way that um, our electoral process has been functioning. Uh, and, and in overdrive, probably for the last two decades in regards to election theft and, uh, and election rigging. So uh, why do we got Secretary of State Scott? Now, I'm back off the detour. We're back on track, ladies and gentlemen. Secretary of State Scott uh, recently announced uh, the four counties that will be randomly audited at the uh, conclusion of the upcoming midterm elections in November. Uh, and uh, per per Texas state law, uh, Texas do, the Secretary of State does perform an audit of the race. It's called the good old risk-limiting audit, ladies and gentlemen. And across most states, uh, the way that audit is performed is the Secretary of State will choose a, a county and will choose a race and will uh, audit a percentage of the votes. In most cases, it's an audit of the electronic ballot images, not even an audit of the uh, hand, uh, physical ballots. Uh, but in some cases, you will get an audit of both the um, electronic ballot images and the paper ballots as well. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener-supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm/the sea report. And thanks y'all. And uh, typically, that um, percentage of ballots to be reviewed can be as low as 1% and as high as 2%. In Arizona, they tried to get it up to 5%, but that did not fly. One could imagine if you are auditing 2% of an entire election race, you're not really going to get 
an overview that is thorough and is uh, is an in-depth look at exactly whether or not that uh, audit that race was secure. Uh, furthermore, I guess to add even more uh, to that uh, that um, uh, holdup of uh, election integrity and uh, uh, integrity in having an audit, uh, you know, uh, the Secretary of State can choose the county and can choose the race. In the case of uh, the audits for the um, Texas uh, 2020 race, uh, then Secretary of State, uh, her name was Ruth, I forget, Ruth Herrera, I believe was her name, uh, chose uh, a county that was uh, confidently Republican, right, as most are, but like truly deep red. And uh, it was for the railroad commissioner's race, okay? Uh, and that's a very small race, ladies and gentlemen. That is a race that not many people turn out for. It's, a, uh, it's an office that many people have no idea what its functions are. And so some may not even choose to uh, vote down ballot for such a race. So with a very limited um, race and a very minimal audit, you can see you don't really get the full picture of what you're looking at through a risk-limiting audit. After all, you are just recounting the votes and making sure that they match. You're not doing anything more deeper than that. And uh, it is exactly that um, it is exactly that audit that determined that the first portion of the Texas full forensic audit, which I refer to as the Texas sham audit, because it is not full and it is not thorough. Uh, it is not forensic, uh, but is that it is that audit that determined that the first portion of our uh, full forensic sham audit was complete, ladies and gentlemen. It was complete. Two percent of electronic ballot images in a small county in an unheard of election contest. Can Texans really have confidence that they did a full and thorough forensic audit with specs like that? I doubt it. You guys know I don't think so. So uh, some things have changed, though. Some things have changed for the 2022 midterms in regards to Texas election laws. Let's take a look at what is going on here. And uh, for those of you Texans who did not know who our current Secretary of State is, well, there he is. That is John B. Scott, the sixth Secretary of State under the governorship of Greg Abbott. But now let's get to this article. This is coming to us from the Texan, not to be confused with the Texan, from uh, the foxhole.app fame, uh, but a true Texan nonetheless. Uh, Texas Secretary of State selects Harris, Guadalupe, Eastland, and Cameron counties for random election audits. Isn't that funny? They're random election audits, but yet he selected them. <laughs> Uh, maybe it should have said Texas Secretary of State uh, announces Harris, Guadalupe, Eastland, and Cameron counties for random election audits. Let's take a look at the article. It says here, the Texas Secretary of State has randomly selected four counties to audit after the upcoming elections this November. They are Cameron County, Eastland County, Guadalupe County, and Harris County. These counties will undergo audits of their elections immediately after the general election. Now, it used to be one county and one race, right? 
This procedure is required under Senate Bill SB1, the new Texas election law overhaul passed last year. The provision in the law that enacts randomized county audits requires the Secretary of State to pick two counties with fewer than 300,000 people and two counties with more than 300,000 people, but the selection process is otherwise random. Two of those chosen counties lean Republican and two lean Democrat. According to voting data from the past two general elections, Cameron County is 61% Democrat and Harris County is 55% Democrat, whereas Guadalupe County is 64% Republican and Eastland County has the strongest partisan leaning of any of the four counties with an 88% Republican voting population. Harris County attorney Christian Menefee accused the Secretary of State's office of rigging the selection. Now, I would gather that the reason why uh, they're getting all in their fields over at Harris County is because they had a lot of trouble in Harris County, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in 2021 and during the 2022 primaries, ladies and gentlemen. And they also had a rogue, uh, they also had a rogue, um, a rogue uh, elections clerk in Harris County that was doing a lot of bad things over there. Hey, Sumter53, it's good to see you, sir. Great to see you. Welcome back into the audience over there at Rumble. Secretary of Snakes. All right, it's catching on again, ladies and gentlemen. Secretary of Snakes, indeed, Sumter53. Uh, and, uh, you know, I would say that uh, Rhino Greg Abbott is probably the Secretary of Snake here because he keeps on appointing all these various Secretaries of Snakes. Actually, guys, if you want to know who I think does the real work of the Secretary of State in the state of uh, Texas, it's going to be your Lieutenant Secretary of State. Uh, the uh, next uh, in line underneath the official office, because that guy's been around for, well, he, he got in when Abbott got in. So, well, there you go, guys. Uh, his name is Jose Esparza, in case you were wondering. He's the uh, Lieutenant Secretary of State here in Texas. And you know he's the one that's actually doing the paperwork, right? And uh, our secretaries of state that come in a year and a half to two years and just cannot seem to make all four years of their term, uh, they're just there to be the face of the office, I'm sure. Uh, because after all, uh, whenever they announce the uh, supposedly full forensic audit here in the state of Texas, it was written within 24 hours of the announcement. And yet, Secretary of State Scott says that it is his full forensic audit. Well, I don't know if I would want to claim that responsibility, Secretary Scott, particularly because it is not a full forensic or thorough audit. And you're going to make yourself look like a fool, and you're going to wish you'd never claimed it as your own. Shanjo says uh, the glitches remark was in reference to the elections. Ah, yes, just a few glitches. Oh, you're right. Okay, I was like, because uh, my screen was acting funny over here, Shanjo. So I was like, maybe it's my, uh, maybe it's my broadcast. But yeah, yeah, there were there were just a few glitches. If you want to say a few glitches, right? Anyhow, 
So uh, getting back into this article, we're talking about uh, Harris County Attorney Christian Menifee. Now, he's accusing Secretary of State of rigging the election, uh, rigging the selection, because um, he chose Harris County, right? And they had a lot of trouble, right? They're probably still, you know, uh, patching up their wounds from all of that. So this is what Menifee had to say. Attorney Menifee said, I'm sure the state selection of Harris County was randomized as the election code requires. Just like it was a random coincidence when last year the state announced an audit of our 2020 election hours after Trump sent Governor Greg Abbott a public letter calling for an audit. Well... Harris County Attorney Christian Menifee, just so we're clear on this, okay, uh, the specifications for that um, audit that was called for by President Trump was to be the largest counties with the highest voting populations for Republican and Democrat. So it was not random, Attorney Menifee. It was not random at all. It was very much, very much, very much intentional. So anyhow, as you can tell, he's clearly but hurt, or maybe he's just afraid about the work he's going to have to put into it. Now, the article goes on. Much of Senate Bill 1 was meant to directly address new practices Harris County implemented in the 2020 election, such as drive-through voting. SB 1 made numerous changes to the Texas election code with the aim of preventing voter fraud. The random audit provision was added to the bill with an amendment by State Representative Brian Slayton of Royce City. While the final version of the bill passed... Uh, the House 80 to 41, this amendment made it into the bill on a much slimmer 63 to 53 vote. Let's take a real quick look at that amendment and I'll expand the, uh, I'll expand the, uh, wording here for you and uh well we'll, we'll read along with it it says um uh, this is the uh the amendment uh house committee report by adding the following appropriately numbered section to article three of the bill and renumbering subsequent sections of the article accordingly section three um subchapter j randomized audits Randomized audits A immediately after the uniform election date in November of an even-numbered year, the Secretary of State shall conduct an audit of the elections of four counties during the previous two years. The Secretary of State shall select the counties to be audited under subsection A at random, except that two of the counties selected must have a total population of less than 300,000, Two of the counties selected must have a total population of 300,000 or more, and a county selected in the most recent audit cycle may not be selected in the current audit cycle. Don't tell that to Harris County Attorney Menifee. And uh, it also says here, a county selected to be audited may not pay the cost of performing an audit under this section, and the Secretary of State shall adopt rules as necessary to implement this section. So that was the amendment that was added, that was narrowly passed to be added in into Senate Bill 1. Again, uh, this amendment was written by Representative Brian Slayton. Now it says here, again, this amendment made it into the bill on a much slimmer 63 to 53 vote with many Republicans opposing it. If we have any Texas friends in the House, you might want to take note. Uh, 
We had Representative Steve Allenson of San Antonio. He is not my representative, but I'll send him a letter anyways. Ernest Bales of Shepherd, Dustin Burroughs of Lubbock. Travis Clardy of Nacogdoches. John Frullo or Frullo of Lubbock. Gary Gates of Katy. Dan Huberty of Humble. Kyle Cakel of Bryan. Ken King of Canadian, Texas. John Quemple of Seguin, Texas. Stan Lambert of Abilene. Lyle Larson of San Antonio, again, not one of my own. Jim Murphy of Houston. Chris Patty of Tyler. And Phil Stephenson of Wharton. Slayton issued a press release supporting the new requirement and thanking the House members that voted for his amendment. Today, the Secretary of State released the four counties, too small and too large, that will be audited after the November elections. These randomized audits, which will continue to occur on a regular basis after every general election, will be an important tool to ensure that our Texas elections are completely free and fair. I don't know, Slayton. This could be a rhino slate of a, a sleight of hand, because after all, this amendment might put some Texans at ease, and your words there might put some Texans at ease, might make us feel that our Texas elections are completely free and fair, because after all, we have four, aud four audits, counties, randomized. But uh, could that be the case? I am grateful to all my colleagues in the Texas House who joined with me to make sure that my amendment to Senate Bill 1, which made these audits possible, was successfully adopted and incorporated into Texas law. I look forward to working with the Secretary of State and my colleagues in the legislature to continue to make sure that all Texans can freely vote and trust the outcomes. So there is that article. That's just that's just a bit of the new news I wanted to share with you guys today. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Because let's just face it. Uh, these random audits of four counties might make Texans feel a little bit more comfortable at the end of the night. But that does not take care of the overwhelming question regarding the safety of Texas voting machines, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, let's see here. One would have to ask, are Texas elections still safe and fair? Uh, we have here for you guys, I'd like to share an interview with you. Uh, and this interview is conducted by Big League Politics and retired Lieutenant Colonel Raul Reyes. Uh, Raul Reyes, whom I actually met and got to speak with about some election integrity concerns uh, at a, uh, it was at an, um, it was at a, 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 an Allen West event, actually, ladies and gentlemen, that he was speaking at. Um, he explains uh, not only about the rhinos who are in control of Texas, but he also explains exactly how the theft occurred in the 2020 election by way of voting machine. So uh, take a gander, why don't you guys? And uh, we'll see you on the other side of this interview. Enjoy, friends. Enjoy. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The Sea Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. 
At thecereport.com, you can get more information on The Sea Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecereport.com, that's www.thecereport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, CloutHub, and Pilt.net. Hello and welcome to episode number 22 of Big League Politics Live. I am Shane Trejo here with uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Raul Reyes. I'm happy to have you today, Raul. Hey, thanks for having me there. I appreciate that. Awesome. And what I kind of want to discuss is the layout of Texas Republican politics. It's kind of a misnomer across the country that Texas is kind of like a a redoubt for uh, Republicanism and a, and a far right state or a solidly red state, but people who really kind of peer in on it see that that is not really the truth. There's a lot of rhinos down there too, and I think you can uh, talk about your congressional race last year and how you di- and how you had to deal with those rhinos and, and speak on that for a little bit. Yeah, so for those folks that don't know me, I uh, retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel after 22 years, and I ran in Congressional District 23 against uh, Will Hurd, put my whole life on hold uh, to go against um, whom we all thought was a Republican. And if you remember Will Hurd's last two years, he sort of hung a very hard left and uh, pretty much showed his true colors of being a Democrat, to be honest with you. And he kept voting with Democrats on all kinds of things like the Equality Act. So um I jumped in, uh, Mr. Hurd then proceeded to not seek re-election. And of course, uh, the establishment wasn't going to let someone like me, a America First candidate, uh, win this race. So uh, we had about eight or nine folks in the race when it's all over. The chosen candidate at that time is now the current representative, Mr. Tony Gonzalez. He had McCarthy's endorsements. He had Michael McCall's endorsement. He had Dan Crenshaw's endorsement. So these are all these are all uh, rhinos in Texas, to include uh, our our governor, uh, Greg Abbott's endorsement. And so uh, what happens essentially is he got all the money. He had something like a million and a half dollars to my one hundred fifty thousand, and we only uh, I said we only lost by seven votes. And what I tell folks, uh, Shane, is that we were trumped on election night at 930 with all uh, counties uh, showing 100 percent. We were up 1300 votes. Bear County, which is our largest county, goes back to 95 percent and they proceed to do four updates, which then rendered me seven votes upside down at 1.30 in the morning. Uh, when it all totaled out, we were 36 votes uh, in the red. And uh, he proceeded to go to, uh, of course, the uh, November election. And so, yeah, we have a big problem down here. It's a tactic they use not only in District 23, but across America. They don't go with conservative, you know, local, uh, homegrown Americans that are for America first, for their local districts to really represent their constituencies. They want to bring in their own puppets, and that's how they do it. That is clear. And one of the tragic things is happening in Texas right now is the situation on the southern border there. Uh, I've noticed that, you know, Greg Abbott will do a press conference or he'll give some lip service or, or he'll do a stunt designed to get himself some media attention, acting like he's doing something on the border, but really it seems like things are getting worse and worse. So can you speak on the situation at the border right now? 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, myself and another gentleman named Frank Lopez, uh, Border Patriot, he's in Del Rio. That's my hometown. The, the epicenter of all this mess is my hometown, Del Rio, Texas. I live in Medina County, just a little bit to the east of there. But we did a symposium, a border security symposium, when we realized that nobody was doing anything to tackle this open borders policies by Joe Biden. Uh, that led to another rally and another rally. And subsequently, what happened was, Abbott finally realized that the southern part of his border were getting pretty upset with his inaction. So he goes to Del Rio and he runs over there and he says a few things. Two of the very critical ones is he said, we're going to finish the wall. Well, it turns out to be it's a chain link fence and most of it is still on the floor because they haven't put it up. And of course, the other one is that we were going to arrest everybody. Well, we were all excited, Shane, except for what happens is they brought in all DPS law enforcement from the north to include, and you know this, Florida, Arkansas, a few other great law enforcement folks that have come to help. It's a delayed, it's a delayed uh, catch and release because what happens is they, they catch these illegal aliens when they turn them over to Border Patrol because now it's a federal uh, law enforcement. They're under policy by Joe Biden to then release them. So this is just a delayed and prolonged version of, of arrest, a detain, and then release anyway. So we have the same problem. We have well over, uh, pretty close to almost a million and a half at the six-month mark. We're on track to three million by the time the year is over. That's the entire border. And those are not, does not include the gotaways, which is almost another seven to eight million, according to Border Patrol statistics, where they don't catch 65 to 70 percent of the folks that are coming through. So we're in deep trouble. Abbott is, um, uh, we're, we, we're highly disappointed with Abbott. I myself have declared that I'm uh, hashtag ABA, as my kids would say, which is anybody but Abbott. And you know, we've got some other candidates out there like Alan West and of course, Don Huffines, Chad Prather, all good men. It's the first time in a long time where the sitting, sitting governor is being seriously challenged and uh, we'll see what happens uh, come March or May, whenever they decide to have the primaries. Well, that is that is great that three competitors have emerged to challenge Greg Abbott, and a lot of perhaps the more low information voters may be learning about Abbott's true record in the near future. But do you think that uh, is it a foregone conclusion now with the immigration the way it is, and and with so many rhinos in Texas, is it a foregone conclusion? that the state's going to turn blue, or, or is the fight still active? Can we still turn this around in Texas? Well, we can turn it around. The good news here is that we we have a primary. The problem is there is a lot of uninformed citizens. The, the, the unfortunate consequence, and maybe a good news, is the Southern District, which is, which is highly Hispanic and largely tends to vote Democrat, has woken up to a problem. They understand that Democrats aren't taking care of the border, and but that the rhinos in charge aren't either. So people are starting to realize that the oligarchs are in charge of a lot of our elected um, officials, and that is a problem. So myself, uh, Frank Lopez, a lot of folks like uh, Latinos for America First, and a whole bunch of other organizations are have been in and out of the entire southern border district, waking up folks, and they 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 already understand what the problem is. And so the answer to that question, a little more direct, is if. You know, if if uh, Alan West or Don Huffines or Chad Prather can't get uh, Abbott under 50 percent and he goes to the to, to the November election, if there's a bona fide Democrat 
he's going to be seriously challenged. Folks are not going to vote Democrat. Let me make sure, let, let's, let me be clear. Republicans vote Republicans. But if you have rhinos, you're, a lot of folks will sit out. And give me, let me give you a perfect example. We had a race in San Antonio for the mayor. We had two, uh, one Democrat and one supposed Republican. We had a 14% turnout rate in San Antonio and people complained. Well, one was liberal and the other one was less liberal. So you don't give a lot of conservatives an option to come out and vote. That's the problem we're gonna have in Texas. Republicans and the RNC up in DC do not understand that. We have 35 people who voted for the January 6th commission. I think they're all on the line. Tony Gonzalez is one of them right here in Representative uh, District 23. So you have to ask yourself, would you vote for Liz Cheney if she beats her primary opponent, I think she's in Wyoming or Montana, correct me where I'm at here, but, but if she gets past her primary opponent, are they going to reelect Liz Cheney? And the answer is probably not. They're not going to vote Democrat, but they're going to sit out on her. And this is a possibility of, I tell folks, look, the reality in 22, there is no presidential election. There is no Trump to go vote for. So People don't necessarily have an incentive to go vote, especially if they have the rhinos up for election. They're going to sit out and we may be going backwards as, as opposed to gaining seats in the House. And you can thank Kevin McCarthy for that. He's not a he's not a great uh, uh, leader up there. And we need to have a change for sure. Yeah, it seems like they're you know, kind of the uniparty, as, as some of us call it, is, is exposing itself. Trump has forced these people to show their true colors. So yeah. now we have to make them pay in, in 2022 and show that we need to have two parties, you know, not one big government party, one slightly less big government party, but we need one uh, party that will actually stand for the people and, and protect our borders and cut down the size and scope of government and protect the civil liberties of, of all Americans. And what's happening right now after January 6th and the patriots who are getting dragged through the mud and being treated yeah. like domestic terrorists in the land of the free is, is quite shameful. Maybe the most shameful thing that's ever happened in our country. Yeah. And a lot of Republicans have sat back and voted for that. And a lot of Republicans who didn't vote for that are sitting back and doing absolutely nothing. We've got some great patriots out there like Marjorie Taylor Greene. And of course, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis, our gov governor of Florida is out there doing battle. Abbott has yet to show those kinds of, you know, those kinds of policies uh, to Repeated sessions, that's a total of four years, uh, we have failed to pass conservative legislation. We should have built this wall in Texas a long time ago, especially when Donald Trump was here. We haven't, and now we find ourselves in trouble. And so, so the, the big overall uh, answer is, you know, Texas runs Republican, but people are waking up to realize we have these exactly, you know, oligarch, uh, you know, fueled political uh, officials like Abbott. And it's the unit party altogether doing damage to this, not just Texas, but this great, uh, great nation of ours. No doubt. And one of the things that Greg Abbott said in the press recently to get all the good headlines and make, you know, Republicans around the country think that he was a hero was, I'm going to arrest these Democrats who abdicated the legislature <laughs> and I'm going to arrest them. And when they come back in, they're going to be arrested. Now they're coming back in. They're smiling. They're laughing in the faces of the Republicans. And Abbott is like, oh, well, we'll, we'll ask the, some judge. You know, we, we know how the, all the judges are in the back pocket of the regime. Yeah, we'll ask yeah. some judge if it's OK for us to enforce the law. So at the end of the day, you know, Abbott might have gotten his national uh, pr good press to, to make it look like he was a strong leader. But it, Republicans in Texas know 
that he failed to do what he said he was going to do. And the Democrats are once again laughing in our faces as we're completely ineffectual. Yeah, I, I really hope I'm wrong, and I pray that uh, we can turn this around. But uh, if Abbott gets into November, you know, I fear that uh, a, a viable opponent on the Democrat side, it doesn't matter how bad they are, if Republicans sit out because there's a lot of disgruntled voters with the RNC, Kevin McCarthy has done nothing good for the party. People see that. They didn't support Donald Trump. They didn't support America, America first policies. Uh, the base has woken up and realized we have the uniparty uh, and we have, we have politicians that are sold out. You just have to look at the 19 senators who voted for this horrendous infrastructure bill that is something like $1.5 trillion. Only $210 million, a billion folks is for infrastructure. The rest is all a bunch of uh, Democrat Party uh, tactics to turn this country absolutely blue uh, and, and on, on its way to being a socialism. And when Republicans don't defend against that and join the party, all 19 senators, it doesn't give a lot of folks a lot of hope. But, uh, you know, of course, we're out here doing battle, doing the grassroots thing. People are waking up. But in the primaries is where we're going to have to do battle with these folks, get them out and pray there's a Huffines or an Allen West or a Chad Pray there's somebody that is willing to do what they say they're going to do like Trump. And so I think that's the I think that's the greatest uh, positive consequence of a Donald Trump administration is the base has woken up and realized rhinos have inserted themselves. They're infesting the Republican Party. We know who they are. Now we just have to go out there and get rid of them in March or May, whenever the primaries are, so we can send bona fide America first uh, you know, statesmen up to do work for us. That's exactly what is needed. I know that in at least where I come from in Michigan, there is a rush of people to get involved as precinct delegates at the local level to insert themselves in the process. They're not allowing themselves to be disaffected or to be disenfranchised as they want to do with their propaganda coming from Washington, D.C., coming from the elite media. So people are waking up. They realize this is the last stand and, and they're not they're, And they're going to go down swinging if, if need be. So is there anything else you'd like to mention before we wrap up? Are you potentially planning on running for Congress again? Uh, what, what are your plans for the future? Yeah, we've been out here doing, uh, you know, since the uh, runoff where we, we lost by seven votes, uh, admittedly it turned into 36 when it was all said and done. We've been out here doing what we said we were going to do and keep fighting to secure this border and bring back manufacturing to this district. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're in the process now of an exploratory committee. We are, you know, throwing things around, asking uh, supporters if they, they, they want us to jump back in. And part of why we did that, Shane, is because we had no less than almost a thousand people either email us or call us and or message us on the social media, Facebook and whatnot asking us to get back in because they've had buyer's remorse with uh, our representative, uh, Tony Gonzalez. Leave no doubt, he's not just a rhino, he's a Democrat inserted by uh, LULAC and a few other liberal uh, organizations that have been running this tactic in this district and many, many others. And uh, if we jump in, our goal is to win, and but to, but to expose these people for who they are. For 30, 40 years, we've allowed them to run this tactic. We've lost all our jobs out here, and now we've lost our security. You look at what's happened in Afghanistan, and we're going to have a whole lot of Middle Easterners that are unchecked and unvetted come into this country. That is not going to be good news in the future. So look out for us. We are uh, asking everybody to pray for us and to, of course, message us if you want to know more information. But soon we will render a decision, and uh, we're going to go with that for now. 
Excellent. Well, thank you for appearing on uh, Big League Politics Live. We uh, we'll look forward to having you back again. And, and thanks for all that you're doing in Texas to stand for America first. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I look forward to coming back. Okay. All, all right, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Uh, you heard what uh, the retired Lieutenant Colonel said, Reyes. And if I may, if I may, um, Sean Trejo, you might want to either clean out your camera or you might want to stop hotboxing that room, right? Anyways, so this is always time for a little bit of levity, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but as Lieutenant Colonel Retired Reyes said, in regards to the vote on the 2020 elections, they were reporting at 100% that his contest was up by 1,300 votes. And then all of a sudden, they dropped down to 95% after the polls closed. And then all of a sudden they did four updates and by the morning he was down by seven votes. Okay, so that is why Texans should be concerned about electronic voting machines in our state, even if they are not Dominion. Because even though President Trump won, look at the state elections. All of the, they're all affected by them, ladies and gentlemen, and that's just one example and I, personally, I wonder why he didn't challenge it or if he did what happened in that regard, ladies and gentlemen. But it really makes one wonder, especially if you're new to this topic in the state of Texas, if our elections indeed are safe, right? Or are they just getting picked and torn and chosen without the voters having any type of discretion towards it? Let's take a brief look at some of the Texas voting machine history of issues, problems, a quagmire of, uh, of, uh, of incidents, ladies and gentlemen. This, this uh, headline here is from 2016, okay? And it says here from Breitbart, Texas County switches to paper ballots after a software glitch. Kind of makes you wonder what was going on there, right? It says Chamber County election officials have executed an emergency protocol to remove all electronic voting machines available during early voting until a software update can be completed to correct problems experienced by straight ticket voters. So uh, what was happening here, do you think? What was happening here? It says Chambers County Clerk Heather Hawthorne told Breitbart, Texas, Tuesday morning that all electronic voting was temporarily halted until her office completes a software update on ES&S machines that otherwise omit one race when a straight ticket option is selected for either major party. The Texas 14th Court of Appeals race was reported to be the contest in which voters commonly experienced the glitch. So, um, well, you know, it's, this is the, the conclusion of the article. We'll just go through it. Hawthorne explained that she expects the technical difficulties to be completed, completely addressed by end of business Tuesday. In the interim, regular paper, paper ballots will be used. The county clerk told Breitbart, Texas, that before the machines were pulled, poll workers were instructed to alert voters to the glitch and double check their selections. Chamber County sits east, sits east of Texas' largest county, Harris, and serves roughly 26,000 registered voters. Um, and uh, we'll, let's see here. Oh, what is this? What is this one? Breitbart, Texas, recently reported a similar trend in neighboring Harris County, where less than 10 out of more than 67,000 ballots cast lacked ID. Huh. Uh, here's another headline in regards to... Um, Voting machines. It says here, uh, 
Texans say voting machines are changing straight ticket choices. This is from 2018, ladies and gentlemen. This is from the Associated Press. I won't read the article. I just want to illustrate here uh, that they're seeing the same issues in 2018. Uh, this one, it seems, had to uh, deal specifically with the mat the uh, um, election battle between uh, Republican incumbent Ted Cruz and Democrat Beta O'Rourke, ladies and gentlemen. Ha! And it seems that uh, Beta still lost that one. The Secretary of State's office said Friday that there have been reported issues with the Hart E. Slate voting machines. Now, Texas uses Heart InterCivic and ES&S voting machines, ladies and gentlemen. So this Heart E-Slate must be some kind of uh, amalgamation of the two or something like that. Uh, this is from 2021. State elections officials have known for years that voting equipment used in many counties is too easy to hack. Texas has 254 counties. That's a lot of counties, ladies and gentlemen. Each accepts delivery of computerized vote counting equipment, trusting that it properly counts votes. It's the Texas Secretary of State who bears responsibility for reliability and checking the built-in security features safeguard the integrity of the software. In February, oh, in February 2020, I apologize. Not uh, 2021. In February of 2020, Texas Secretary of State number five, Ruth Ruggiero Hughes. Oh, I said Herrera. I was almost right, right? I had the first letter right. So Ruth Ruggiero Hughes. It's the Ruggiero and the Hughes and the Herrero. Anyways, she received a disturbing report about the ES&S election equipment Texas used in some counties. And she assigned Brian Metchler, an expert in electronic data communication systems, to certify the equipment. There were a few issues with the hash verification procedure, Metchler wrote, for, of equipment from the nation's largest vote counting software firm, a secretive Nebraska outfit reincorporated as ES&S in 1997. Texas trusted ESNS to act with scrupulous integrity, catch any simple mistakes as well as big ones, and ferret out any intrusions by third parties. Metzler's report on verification issues was an understatement. Hash verification ensures no tampering of a program. It is a critical element in ensuring that the propriety software counts all votes correctly. With the hash verification procedure having issues, the software could be set, for example, to count every 27th vote for one candidate as a vote for their opponent without the software detecting or recording it was modified. Uh, hash verification tracks digital fingerprints to monitor any modifications to the software from the time it leaves the vendor to when ballots are cast and counted. If the hash verification procedures is not operating properly, the ability to detect changes and ensure the integrity of software is compromised. So that's very interesting there also, ladies and gentlemen. And from 2016 to 2020, with the Secretary of State Office of Texas being aware of these issues with Heart InterCivic and ES&S voting equipment, one has to wonder, ladies and gentlemen, why are we still using the machines? Now, incidentally, I just learned today, I just learned today, right before this broadcast, ladies and gentlemen, that there are five counties in the state of Texas currently 
that have elected not to use voting machines at all. But that is something that must happen at the county level. You better believe I'll be digging into that information because I was unaware of that information and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I don't care who's on top. And then we're going to figure out how we can emulate that throughout the Lone Star State. But as we conclude today's um, Lone Star News episode, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it begs the question... If the state of Texas dissed Dominion voting systems because they are not secure, are Texas voting machines secure at all? What about ESNS and what about Heart Intercivic? Well, as the prior article explained regarding the hash process, which, ladies and gentlemen, I am not a tech guy, so I could not explain that to you, but I think the article did pretty good, right? I just can't even summarize what I read, right? Uh, let's go through this final article for today. This is coming to us from the KT Christian Magazine out of Katy, Texas. They ask the question, just how secure are voting machines in Texas? And it goes a little bit more in depth. Let's take a gander. With most of the county fixated on Dominion software, the voting software company associated with the voter fraud controversy in many swing states during last November's presidential election. But just how safe are Texas voting machines? Most Texas counties use voting machines made either by Hart InterCivic, that includes Harris County, which is Houston, Texas, and Tarrant County, which is Fort Worth, and ES&S Ivotronic machines, such as Fort Bend County, Dallas County, Travis County, which is Austin, Texas, and Bear County, which is San Antonio, Texas, and several other companies. And uh, most Texans feel as though their vote is safe, but what if your vote is not as secure as you would believe? According to white hat hacker Jekyll, there is a video that is associated with this article, but it's 30 minutes long and uh, we just don't have the time at the moment. Uh, so we'll go through this article. It says, according to this white hat hacker, he analyzed Dallas County's voting machines and came to a startling conclusion. You do not even need hacking tools to access voter machines and their database. The white hat hacker said, there is no security whatsoever. Uh, I used an open source piece of software utilizing Linux. I can look at a website and can enumerate every link that is on that website. Look for vulnerabilities and information that is not secure. I was able to gain access to the voting machines with little effort. The information that we found was quite staggering. If you look at the links that are found on the site, it looks like the person who set it up is leaving the keys before the door so that every time you have a door to go through that requires a password, we are finding text files that have those passwords in them. We are finding areas that are supposed to have security that have absolutely no security whatsoever. From there, I could access every voter's personal information, including social security numbers, home address, driver's license numbers, email addresses, credit reports, etc. And every single voter in that county has had all of their personal information compromised. We can change the source code. We can change everyone's vote in a real-time election taking place and make it look as though their votes were never changed.
All you have to do is access a database file, which was left unprotected. And even worse, the passwords to the files are left on the page for anyone to find. I also determined that in Dallas County, I saw a lot of people accessing the files from Russia, India, and a whole host of foreign countries, and could easily determine that someone was inside the system changing votes. So, the article continues, if it is this easy to gain access to voting machines in Texas, and the system we looked at was 10x software solution, couldn't we just fire 10x software solutions until they get their act together? Well, the answer to that question comes from the white hat hacker. The solution is not that simple. Every system that we looked at are the same people using the exact same software, but in just a new market with a different name. They have all the same vulnerabilities and they have all been compromised. They have all, um, a black hat hacker can compromise these systems in seconds, not in minutes, not in days, but in seconds. This is not a problem unique to only Dominion software. It is pretty much all voting machines currently in use. A foreign Intel service who wanted a Republican or Democrat in office could do so or a company that wants to have a congressman in office that will work with them in promoting a piece of legislation or planned parenthood that provides fetal tissue for research and needs a friendly legislator in office can easily do so. No longer does your vote matter. It is a digit to be manipulated for the desired outcome. J.C. Jetton, the newly elected state representative, Texas House District 26, Sugarland, Texas, told us, there is absolutely no doubt that our elections must be protected from cyber attacks and hackers attempting to disrupt or change the results of elections. The use of election systems that are connected to the Internet must be seriously examined and restricted to ensure the votes are collected and not compromised. Maintaining voter rolls and tabulation software should all be maintained on computers. Oh, wait, I apologize. Let me reread that sentence. It says maintaining voter rolls, votes, and tabulation software should all be maintained on computers not connected to the internet. All polling locations should be disconnected from any network to prevent remote access to the systems and paper ballots should be printed so that voters can verify their selections and create a physical paper trail. The Texas legislature is set and primed to make measures to secure Texas elections and restore trust in this important component of a democratic republic, a constitutional republic that is democratic. We must have faith in our elections to preserve our country, and I intend to do everything in my power to restore that faith in Texas. So what can we do to guarantee voter integrity in Texas? Well, as always, it is up to the Texas legislature to make laws that will protect our rights as voters. And it appears that the number one issue moving forward is voting machines in Texas. I would like to add an amendment to that final paragraph of this article. As always, it is up to the Texas people. It is up to the constituents to get their legislators act in gear, okay? We cannot depend on our so-called elected 
so-called representatives to create Texas laws that will protect our voting rights. They're depending on us to be ignorant about all of these issues. And I dare say, myself included, until this day, August 3rd, 2022, I had absolutely no idea that the ES&S and the Heart Intercivic Machines were that vulnerable, ladies and gentlemen. And that is quite concerning. It is quite concerning. And I can see exactly why five counties in our state have uh, opted to not use electronic voting machines. And I think if the word gets out enough to Texas residents and they in turn give a phone call, pay a visit, threaten to vote against them, anything. Threaten to not give them uh, campaign donations, right? I mean, I mean, let's face it. Uh, we're dealing with a whole lot of rhinos here in the state of Texas and a few Democrats. So uh, they probably don't even care about uh, Texas constituent uh, campaign donations or office to, or whatever. You know, they, 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 could, they could care less about our support, particularly post-election day ladies and gentlemen, but it would be up to us. You know, I have to correct the article at the end. It's not up to the Texas legislator. After all, they're going to sit around on their hands until the people of Texas wake up and say something. And uh, you can take that to the bank, ladies and gentlemen. All right, y'all. Thank you again for hanging out for me, with me, not for me, but with me uh, for this hour of Lone Star News, Texas news and current events. I would say that this is probably one of the most important episodes that I have aired for Lone Star News. So um, I would encourage you all, um, if you are, the easiest way to share this episode actually is probably on Rumble because on the foxhole.app and pilled.net, it's kind of hard to locate the link. I think at pill.net you can you can lo locate the link for this specific episode easily, but you have to go to pill.net and click on the individual episode. At the foxhole, it's a little bit more difficult. So if you're over at the foxhole and you want to share this link, I would encourage you to hop over to the sister site, pill.net. Look for episode number 36 and start sharing this information far and wide. Uh, so this way, our Texas residents, our Texas friends and family will learn about this extremely extremely outrageous vulnerability. That is quite insane. Uh, and then just to close up the episode, uh, Kiwis Can Fly asked the question, do you think they will just reinstate President Trump? Well, Kiwis Can Fly, my gut tells me yes. My gut tells me yes, but uh, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call it adieu here. Sumter53 uh, and uh, Tessa Michelle, thanks for joining us again over there at Rumble. We'll be back here at Mr. CTV at 7.30 p.m. Central Time for the next and latest and newest episode of The Sea Report. So please do come on back, why don't you? And bring your friends and family and bring a snack, ladies and gentlemen. I always tell everyone to bring a snack. You know, I'm not like the movie theaters. You can bring your hot dogs. You can bring your roast beef if you want. Uh, but until then, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not saving dinner till later, go get, you, go get yourselves a good dinner. Go get yourselves a nice strong drink. And we'll see you guys at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Until then, you ladies and gentlemen, have a great afternoon. We'll see you on the next episode of Lone Star News. 
The C Report is following promptly at 7.30 p.m. I am Mr. C, and I'm signing out. We'll see you next time. about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're going to die on this hill. We're going to be gay and we're going to rape our children no matter what you say because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run see in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering what the heck is this bald band talking about? Uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you got your C report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do see in the dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. We got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. Woo! <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer.